Explain this to me. He said, well, I'm a member of a church in Dallas, Texas. He said, but I don't go there and watch it. He said, I watch it on TV every morning, every Sunday morning. He said, my membership is there. He said, I watch it in my living room. I believe a man ought to be a member of the local assembly, don't you? I don't believe in long-distant membership. And I don't believe that you can be out with the church and be right with God. If you're out with the church, you're on with the Lord. The church is His bride. The church is His body. The church is His building. And if you're going to have fellowship with God, you have to have fellowship with the church. That redeemed crowd. I know we're all different. We all have different opinions. We all have different views. But ain't it good we can lay a lot of that junk aside and come into the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. And everybody may not have their eyes dotted and their T's crossed just right, but God can move in and we can go to worship together. It would to God one more time we'd learn what to leave outside where the saints of God can come back in and worship one more time. Amen. Tomorrow night uh, there'll be more than one church here. And I hope and pray the Lord would just blow in here and let us go to worship, don't you? You say, why? It's good when, to, when churches can come together and worship the Lord. And I'm interested tonight in the church. And I'm interested in the treasure of the church. What do you mean, preacher? The treasure the church is to you. Now listen for a minute. You better love that church crowd because you're going to need them one day. You better stay in fellowship with that church crowd because one day they'll be the ones show up on the lawn when mama passes away. It'll be them that one day shows up. Thank God when daddy's got cancer and meets you out there in the yard at 2 o'clock in the morning. None of the starry skies go to praying and God go to moving and get help from that crowd down at the house of the Lord. I'm interested tonight and don't know if I'll be here tomorrow night, but I am tonight. I'm interested in the church and the treasure of it. Read with me, if you would, in Ruth. I'm going to Ruth, okay? You know the story. You know the story how uh, Amalek has found out there ain't no bread in Moab. Oh, there ain't no bread in Bethlehem. Just because there ain't no bread in Bethlehem, you better, you better hunker down till God comes back and visit it again. Amen. So he takes off down to Moab. Undoubtedly, he's looking for bread. But the problem is, there ain't no bread in Moab either. Not for a child of God. So he goes down to Moab, and there he dies. There his two sons die. And something happens. And somebody comes up to Ruth or Naomi and says, The Lord has visited his people up yonder and he's given them bread. Naomi decides, I'm going back home. I'm going to pack my bags and get out of Moab. And I'm going back to the house. And, but she's got a problem. She's got a, two little young girls, daughter-in-laws, that got to do something with. She looks at them and said, girls, y'all go back. 
uh, there's no more children for me. If they was, you couldn't wait for them. Y'all go back. I'm going back to Bethlehem. And uh, both of them, first of all, decided they're going to go. But uh, Orpah decided somewhere she wasn't going no further. And she kissed her mother-in-law and went back. But there was a little old girl by the name of Ruth. Looked at her mother-in-law and said, I ain't going nowhere. She said, I done heard you talk about that God too much. I done sat around at night and heard you brag on him. I'm going back with you, and I'm going with you. And where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Where your God's going to be my God. And where you're going to be buried, I'll be buried there also. So uh, Naomi give up and said, well, let's go. And that's what I want to pick up reading. And uh, they too went. Verse number 19 of chapter number 1. So they, they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass that when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi. Call me Myra. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Let me stop right there and say something. I've done my research all through this Bible, and I never hear her call her Myra. They never refer to her as Myra. If she's referred to, it's as referred to as Naomi. Even though she said, call me Myra. They said, we're not going to call you Myra. We're going to call you Naomi. And they just kept calling her Naomi. And I went, I went out full. And the Lord has brought me home again empty. I've seen that a time or two, hadn't you? Why then call me Naomi? Sin the Lord has testified against me. And the Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Father, we thank you for this day and this time together. I thank you, Lord, for this privilege, God, Lord, and this honor. I ask you just a few minutes this tonight, would you touch me? I ask you just a few minutes tonight, Lord, would you give me that that I need from God? Lord, I've stepped out of reach, Lord, of Mama. I've stepped out of reach, Lord, of this crowd. Lord, Lord, if I'm going to get any help tonight, it'll have to come from you. Lord, I don't deserve anything you'd do for me tonight. But, Lord, just a little while, Lord, would you touch me? Give me that that I need from God. We'll love you, honor and praise you, and magnify you, and glorify that that you do. In your name we do humbly pray. Amen and amen. I'm interested in verse number, for my text, verse number 19. So they went till they came to Bethlehem. That little word Bethlehem just simply means the house of bread. Bethlehem, Judah, means the house of bread, the house of praise. But I'm interested tonight, and they came to Bethlehem. 
I'm glad I have a Bethlehem. I'm glad I have a house of bread. I'm glad I got a place over yonder on the side of the road. It may not be big to you, but it's big to me. It may not be fancy to the world, but it's my house of bread. And thank God for the days that I've got to go in there and close the door behind me and for just a little while shut the door and close the world out for a little while and the Lord prepared me a table. I'm thankful tonight I've got a house of bread. I understand tonight your house may be bigger than mine. I understand tonight there's a lot of houses of bread sitting around here tonight. I understand I can see uh, there's the house of bread of Holly Springs. Thank God for that house of bread. But that ain't my house. I understand there's a house of bread never on a Pleasant Hill. But that ain't my house. I understand there's a house of bread. Uh, thank God over yonder New Freedom. But that ain't my house. I understand we're sitting tonight on the grounds of the house of bread where God's people come. They forgot every now and again on a Sunday morning. Thank God closed the world out and God just sits down with them from time to time. Ain't you glad tonight in the midst of a crooked world, in the midst of a wicked time, in the midst, thank God, when the world's going crazy and, they, and thank God the White House, thank God's turned upside down. Ain't you glad there's the house of bread? There's a place you can come to. Thank God and get help. Thank God for the time of need. Thank God it's amazing what God can do down at the house of bread. Now let me just stop and say something to you. Thank God for behind the barn from time to time. Amen. Thank God for behind the barn every now and again. Thank God for labor out in the shop every now and again. Thank God for riding down the road every now and again. But thank God on a Sunday morning. Thank God let me saddle my pulpit. Amen. And that heavenly dove will go to fluttering its wings and go to coming by the house of the Lord. Thank God there ain't nothing like it. Amen. I'm glad to be a part of the bride of Christ. I'm glad I'm a part of the church. Thank God of the bride of Christ. The best thing you're part of. Well, preacher, why do you say it's a treasure? Well, I'll tell you when I'll be done. It's a treasure for what she found when she came into Bethlehem. And I'm not going to give you all of this, but I want to give you two things she found that Ruth found. Thank God she couldn't find in Moab. Some things Ruth found. Thank God that she couldn't get down yonder in Moab. But when she came into the house of bread, she found some things there. Uh, Brother Harold, thank God she couldn't get nowhere else. Uh, she found some things there. Uh, thank God that she couldn't find nowhere else. Uh, what she find? Uh, first of all, she found Boaz. Uh, thank God down at the house of bread. Uh, I understand tonight. Uh, now stay with me. I know. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Uh, thank God she didn't find Boaz. Uh, I'll get there in a minute. Uh, thank God I know. Uh, I understand tonight. Uh, thank God the church ain't the only place to find him. Uh, I found him, Brother Scott. Uh, and they were in a cow pasture. Some of you might have found him in a deer stand. But the house of God is a good place to come in contact with a heavenly Boaz. Amen. Now, preacher, you mean to tell me you believe that she found Boaz? No, I really don't believe that. But when you start reading verses number one, or in chapter number one, and you start reading Brother David in chapter number two, verse number one, then you jump over there to verse number two. 
Then you get to chapter number three. It looks like that Ruth had something to do with this. It looks like that she's got something to do with this. Amen. But when you come to verse number five and you get on this side of it, thank God you find out something. Thank God you get over here and you go to looking. And you go to looking for verse number eight. And you go to looking for verse number nine. And you go to looking. Thank God from verse number 10. Ruth, I have to say this. I had nothing to do with this. Amen. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Thank God I didn't find Boaz. Thank God he found me. Amen. Ain't you glad to know down at the house of the Lord one Sunday morning the heavenly Boaz come a-walking through. Amen. And he found you where you was at. Ain't it good to know that Boaz found you? Brother James, I got to look at this today. And... I, every time I come down, I got to preach a message I ain't never preached before. Brother Scott, I like to preach him. I've done preach, but I come down here and can't do that. And I was looking just today, Brother Sammy, and uh, you know what I find out? You know who made the first comment to her? You know who spoke first in this, in this relationship? Verse number five. Who is this damsel? He looks over that congregation, that crowd of people. Thank God if she ain't noticed him, but he's a noticing her. <laughs> he notices her when she don't notice him. Can I tell you the truth tonight? Thank God you wouldn't know God. Thank God if you met him in the middle of the road, had it not been for God. Amen. Amen. Thank God. That gets big in my heart. I could be licking the smutty walls of hell tonight. But blessed be the morning. He took notice of me. I don't know why. I don't know how. But one morning he took notice of who I was. Thank God. A little snotty-nosed boy bound for hell. Undressed all that good. But he took notice of who I I was. He said, who downloads this? Wonder why he picked her out. You think that's just the only one out there? <laughs> no. That Bradfield probably full, Brother Scott, of people getting up in corners. That field probably full of a bunch of poor people. But he looked out yonder and he noticed her over everybody else. You ever figured out why God noticed you? <laughs> When you get it figured out, let me know. Yeah. I ain't got it figured out yet, Brother Sammy. Why did God notice me? What was in me? <laughs> what, it was, what was it in me that draw him to me? I'll tell you what, so what was in me to draw him to me? Zero. Hey, Amen. They wasn't nothing. I wasn't out there going, pick me. Pick me. Hey, pick me. I ain't got I was out there. My head hung down. The holy God of heaven said, who is that? Hey, Amen. Glory be to God. Who is that right yonder? I ain't got somebody said, that's Wayne Price's boy. Hey, they live in that cinder block house. He's smart, but I want him. Hey, Amen. Amen. Can I remind you another time in the Bible when another woman didn't know him? You'd have thought his own mama would have known him. She sits by the tomb of weeping. You'd thought for sure she'd know him. But she didn't know him either until he spoke to her. He said, Mary, Rabboni. My master. Thank God you say, preacher, what do you say? Never a man spake like this man. Amen. He noticed her first and he spoke to her first. Now she's come in contact with a man that can redeem her. She didn't know who he was. She didn't know nothing about all of that. She didn't have a clue 
What was I going on? Oh, she knew this. I'm going somewhere to glean. She wasn't looking for Boaz. You remember that Sunday morning? You didn't go there that morning and look for him. You didn't go there to get born again. That old songwriter road. I went there that night to fight, but oh my, that night. Y'all remember that night? Amen. <laughs> you say, preacher, what night? That night appointed by the Holy Ghost. Mm. Don't get down to there too far, preacher. You say, when do you, you get saved, preacher? The pointed hour. Amen. I couldn't got saved a day earlier or a day later, but that pointed hour. Amen. It's a good place to meet Boaz. I mean, remember that night? You're sitting there. Poor my mind, I know some of you. That old time preacher was slobbering everywhere. That old man of God was a preaching. You thought there wasn't nothing to that. But somebody slipped up and said, hello. <laughs> I mean, you remember that? You remember somebody slipped up and said, hello. <laughs> Sat down beside you. Boy, listen, let me tell y'all something. Brother Scott, my day was a preaching one Sunday night. I'd been to the altar so much that they quit coming with me and pray with me. But I never got born again. Thank God they didn't stick a Bible down my nose. They just waited on the Lord. Amen. And I'd come to that altar a lot. There was a night down here at that little free old Baptist church. Thank God that my dad was a preaching on what you're going to do when Jordan swells. What y'all didn't know, what he didn't know, no, he did know it too. I just didn't know he knew it. Jordan had swelling in me. Boy, for the first time, I seen myself as a low-down, thank God, sinner. You say, preacher, why did you go to the altar some other time? Because mom and daddy told me I was. That's why I went. But now he's told me I was. Now he's turned a light on for me. Amen. Thank be unto God. When a sinner comes by what mama tells them, they'll get a dose of religion. Thank God, but they'll wait on the Lord. Amen. Just wait on the Lord. And when he comes by... How many of y'all ever hear these questions? But will I know? But I want to know. Will I know? Had a little girl in my church, Brother Scott. She's 12 years old. She sat in her mama's lap the other morning crying. And said, Mama, I just want to know. She said, all I can say, honey, is you'll know. And she said, but how will I know? And she said, I can't explain it to you, but you'll know. <laughs> Amen. She said, but will I know beyond the preacher? She said, honey, there'll be somebody talk louder than the preacher's ever talked to you. Amen. I mean, know what I'm talking about. You'll just know. Amen. Amen. She wasn't a note Boaz from nobody, but when he spoke, I know who you are now. I've heard somebody talk about you. <laughs> I heard something that you've got. I heard you had the power to redeem. <laughs> I heard you had the ability to redeem me. I know who you are. Bethlehem, Judah's a treasure. It's a good place to meet. Can I just stop and say something to you? Keep them youngins out of the passion of Christ, please. Hollywood ain't got nothing. Uh-oh, I've hit a stump. Hollywood ain't got nothing to save a youngin. Scare them to death. Oh, Lord. If the preaching of the Holy Ghost don't get the job done, she will not get done. 
Amen. Hollywood will never muster up anything that outdo the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. Hollywood will never come up with anything that ain't got to outdo the Holy Ghost. Amen. Leave them sitting on a Baptist church pew and let the man of God slobber over them. Keep carrying them to the house of bread. Till one day the Holy Ghost, Boaz will come walking down the aisle. Amen. Amen. Mama and daddy, you worried about it? Quit worrying about it. Just keep bringing them to the church and let the man of God slobber over them. Let them take that black book and anoint of the Holy Ghost. Preach to them. One day the Holy Ghost will come up here and say, I want you. I want you. I mean, remember that night you found the you met Boaz. Yeah. Greatest friend you ever had, ain't it? I'm going to give you one. I'm going to preach one. Not only did they, she come in contact with Boaz, she also come in contact with the brethren. He said, when you are to thirst, go over yonder to the, to the, the vessels young men have drawn and drank. How many nights, how many days you go to church You've been drawn from, a, from an empty well, and you're thirsty. Get down to the church, but sister so-and-so hit water <laughs> on Friday evening. And she comes in there, brother, with a pail full, and you get a drink from her, her fountain. How I many knows what I'm talking about? Thank God for, thank God for the ones that draw water. Can I stop and say something? Don't have the ministry of discouraging the drawers. Let them draw. Because one day you don't know when you're going to come in there thirsty. Boy, you need something from God. Boy, you need a word from God. All of a sudden, sister so-and-so, she stands up and you found out she's hit water sometime or another. She's struck water. And she's sitting over there with a pail full. Thank God, next thing you know, thank God you come in there dragging your tracks out. But the next thing you know, you're walking out like a Tennessee stepping horse. How many know what I'm talking about? Because somebody over yonder brought water when they come. And you got a drink from the brethren. But I don't, I don't want to talk about that brethren too much. I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about the bread you found. Invert all this in that chapter number two. But in chapter number 14. The brethren's in nine, but verse number 14, he says unto her, he said this to her, at mealtime. Well, wouldn't it be good we learn when mealtime is? Yeah. Brother Scott, I go some places, they think it's constantly mealtime. Don't sting you, does it? Ain't stumping you, is it? And now, because we think it's meal time, they think it's meal time. Everybody else got put food on the table. But I believe I'll just wait till he rings the bell. I believe I'll stay in the field till he rings the bell. I believe I'll keep gleaning. Are y'all with me? But I think I'll stay in the field and glean till he rings the bell. But when he rings the bell. Get out of my way. There ain't enough, team, there ain't a, there ain't enough teams of horses to keep me out of, the, out of the dinner table. Can I tell you something? I like to hear the bell ring at church. But every now and again, she rings at the house. 
He said, when you hear that dinner bell ringing, he said, at mealtime, here's what I want you to do. He said, at mealtime, I want you to come in here. I want you to sit down at my table. At mealtime, I want you to come in and sit down. The Bible says that she somehow or another found out it was mealtime. Boaz over yonder is done part of meal. She takes her little old sack. How do you know? Because you can't leave it. They'll steal it. Of that little old gleanings. She's been a gleaning. She takes her little old sack. And she goes into that table. And the Bible says she sits down beside the reaper. Can you imagine how she feels sitting here? She ain't by their law supposed to be there. By their law, she's supposed to stay out of there. Can you imagine how they're looking at her? Can you imagine how she feels? All she's got, Brother David, is a little old sack full. Have you ever been there? She probably don't feel worthy to be here. She probably don't feel like She's done anything to deserve sitting here. And she's probably embarrassed. She's probably a little bit got her head down. She sits there and she looked at them. Boy, they reapers. They got a whole lot of grain in their sacks. But here she is. She's just got a little handful. She probably feels so unworthy. Have you ever been there? Have you ever gone to church? You feel like so unworthy. And all of a sudden, you get to sit down and bump elbows with some of them old timers that's blazed a trail down through the years. And I can imagine the conversation around the table goes something like this. Who you think you are? She says, I'm the one he noticed. What makes you think you, who you think you, I kind of feel a little special. What makes you feel special? Because you know all them other people? He noticed me. Well, let me ask you a question, ma'am. Who told you could be here? He did. And he told me to be here. I don't have to have y'all's approval. <laughs> How many, often, how many times we look for the brethren's approval to be at the table? How many times, brother, we look for the brother's approval to wonder should we be here or not? But she says, you may not approve of me being here, my Lord, and you may not approve of me being here, but I'm here by a special invitation. You see that man called Boaz? He's the head of this thing. He invited me. He told me when it got meal time, I could come in here and sit down. I could sit down right beside y'all big reapers. That I was just as important as y'all are. Notice this table. A reaper, a gleaner, and a reaper. But they're all eating at the same table. My daddy used to say it like this. There ain't no big eyes a little used here tonight. We're all just God's youngins. 
Amen. And all of a sudden, commotion goes on. And he's going to serve her. And he gets up. I don't know how this is done. I really don't know. Give me next year and I may get it figured out. But that night I don't know. But all I know is he reaches her. <laughs> Have you ever had him to do that to you? He bypasses that big old reaper. <laughs> he bypasses the boss. <laughs> he bypasses the ones that's been in the field for years. And he bypasses them. And he goes over there to that little old unworthy damsel. And he reaches her parched corn. I read today where Dr. Dehan said that when he reached her parched corn, everybody at that table says, that's his special guest. Can I tell you tonight, have you ever been sitting at church? Hey, you felt like so unworthy. You felt like you had to look up at us next, Billy. But about that time, you hear that choir go to singing. <laughs> they go to singing. Thank God, and all of a sudden you hear somebody say, at mealtime, <laughs> come in here. And thank God at mealtime you get to walk in there and sit down at his table. And while that choir's singing, he goes to feeding you bread from another world. There ain't nothing like bread. Not only do we see the sitting of this table, we also see the server of this table. We also see the satisfaction of this table. Now Listen. Bible says if she was sufficed, she left. Stay with me. I'm going to say something right here in a minute. I'm done. She was sufficed and left. That word sufficed means satisfied. Anybody know anybody that ain't satisfied with the bread that's being produced at the church? Brother Scott? Brother James? Had them to walk off and leave because they didn't like the bread I served. Uh oh. <laughs> and they thought they was going to find bread over yonder. But there ain't no table over yonder. There's only one. Everybody listen to me. <laughs> Boy, can I say something to help us? Help me. Broad River. If you can't get bread here, you're probably going to find none at Pinal either. That's all right. Holly Spring, if you can't get bread there, you're probably going to find none at my house either. <laughs> you know why we got anemic church members? It ain't because they ain't bread been put on the table, because we don't like the flavor. And we're wondering why we're anemics on God. He said at mealtime, come into my table. In other words, here's what it is. Ruth, if you're going to make it through this day, there ain't but one table for you. Now let me stop and say something right here. Listen to me, Brother James. I like to get in revival and get a little bit of bread. But there ain't no table like that over yonder. Brother Sammy, I get in a revival and get a few crumbs. But over yonder, Pernal is a gourmet meal. Why? Because that's my table over yonder. And where am I going Sunday morning? I'm going to my table. 
Because we're, oh, down home or down in, Brother Harold, down yonder in um, Alabama, they've started something new. Puke a hound off a gut wagon. But they've started something new. They've started home church. You know what that is? Same as homeschool. Instead of going to church, because they don't like the bread that's being fed, fed over there. They don't like the flavor of it. Thank you, Lord. They just pulled up now and they got to stay at home. And now they're home churching it. God help on never make it North Carolina. Amen, preacher. Amen. Can I tell you something? I don't know what flavor be on your table Sunday morning, but if it's your table, you better eat. Quit being so picky. Amen. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> Quit picking through it. <laughs> Ew. No, just get in there and go at it. <laughs> Why? Because that's your table, and that's your server, and he knows what you need. Just get in there with both arms and go at it. <laughs> It may be hard to swallow, but chew on it a while. <laughs> and if you can't swallow it by Monday, spit it back up and chew on it again. You say, why? Because that's your table. That's where God feeds you at. Then another table for you. That's your table. And now, we got people Instead of looking at the church as a treasure because of the table that's there. How many know what I'm talking about? When, you, when you're right with God, listen to me for a minute. When you're right with God, you don't have to tell that man of God what you need. Some Sunday morning he'll roll right by it and walk right up in your lap. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You didn't tell that man of God what you was going through. You didn't tell him what you was needing. You didn't tell nobody. But the Holy Ghost went over there and said, here's what we're going to feed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he starts feeding. And this is exactly what you wanted. How many of you have been there? How many of you have ever fed? You didn't know if that's what you really wanted or not. What you going to do now? Eat it anyway. Because you don't know what your mark holds. Amen. Because you don't know what your mar holds. So you say, what well, preacher, what can we find? Why is the church a treasure? Church is a treasure in this day. Because it's a place to come in contact with Boaz. Church is a treasure these days because it's a place to come in contact with the brethren. Church is a treasure these days because it's a time and a place that God prepares bread. And puts that on the table. You know what I believe? I believe if Ruth had looked at Boaz and said this. I think I'll go on somewhere else. I think 
I'll just go on down the road and maybe find me a nicer field, a better field. She might have found a field, but she had walked from the only table that was available to her. Why? Because Boaz was the only one that could invite her to the table. Listen to me. Have you ever thought for a minute that church I go to is a treasure? It's a blessing. Can I tell y'all something? Look up here at me. I've been telling God this right here, Brother Harold. God, make me a servant of the people of God. And I found out over the time that I've been praying, God, the biggest blessing they are is to be a servant to the people of God. It's to be a servant and get up in that pulpit. Lord have mercy. Sunday morning, give it all I got. Give it everything I got, Brother Rick, because I don't know who's sitting around on that church pew. Just needing something from God. She went home and she took her, her, what she gleaned. And listen, after she was sufficed, you know what she did? She gleaned more after she ate than she did before she ate. Preacher, I want to stay in the field. Amen. Preacher. I want to stay in this field. Let I me mean, raise your hand with me. I want to keep gleaning in the field. Yes, but don't dodge the table. Because it'll be at the table. God will give you strength. Yes, keep a gleaning on. Yes, keep a gleaning on. Yes, Preacher, she's yours.